Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there. It's Fantastic Tuesday, and I want to give a big shout out to my international, national, and local listeners. Joining me today in the studio is my featured guest, Mr. Brett Labbitt. He is going to share how he used the market crash of 2011 to rediscover his purpose in life and how he is today helping many business leaders and entrepreneurs with his effective marketing and business development strategies. Now, let me just share a little bit about Brett. He started his first business at 18, and he's built several companies since that time. So I am delighted to have my guest today, Mr. Brett Labbitt. Hi, Brett. How are you? Dr. Young, I am fantastic. It's so good to be on the show with you. Well, you know, I am really happy to have you on the show and uh, because this is the show to be on t- Tuesdays because uh, we have a lot of people who are listening from all these different countries. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I normally share is you don't have to be a business entrepreneur in the conventional sense to grow wealth and insights from my show, Transformation for Success, because really these shows that I – and I actually have a television network – Transformation for Success online TV network. And the shows from the listeners out there that we focus on are transformation, creativity, success strategies, discipline, and anyone pursuing their ambitions can apply the lessons they learn from my guest. And so it's chock full of surprising strategies from technology tools to mindset shifts. So this is the show and the place to be on Tuesdays. So now I want to get to my guest and ask him, because I got a lot of questions for you, Brett. (laughs) Are you ready? (laughs) Perfect. I mean, you have such an interesting, you have have really such an interesting uh, background. Um, I know that you started your first business at 18 years old. I mean, that's young. It should be 18 years young, <laughs> and you built and several it companies. Like, it felt like I was moving slow at that time, So, but as I look <laughs> back, yeah, it was a little bit young. But don't we all feel like we're moving slow at 18? It seemed like forever before I got 21. <laughs> exactly. Perspective I mean, is, a, is an amazing thing, for yeah, sure. Really, it is. So tell us uh, how this all began for you, Okay. Yeah, yeah. So going way back, you know, I like you said, I started my first business at 18. I was just a young man living in the Palm Springs area, and I uh, worked for a landscaping company, and I would go from home to home and see these incredible 5, 10, 15, $20 million homes, mm-hmm. and it really painted my first paradigm of what I thought at the time success was. And I, when I interviewed, you know, the, the crew would scatter and, and uh, the owners would come home and everybody got, looked busy and I would go up and shake their hand and say, I need to meet you and I need to know what you do. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, they were very, very willing to sit down and share with me. And that's, that's really how I got started. And 
my perspective then uh, is much different than my perspective now, but that was uh, really the beginning of transformation for me. Well, what was the catalyst? I mean, was that more or less a catalyst? Did you go work for a a company of some other company and then decide, I don't want this, I want to be my own uh, business entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, I, I was, of course, and I think this is a really good thing to do is go work for a company that you might want to emulate. And so I worked mm-hmm. for a company and I wasn't that structured and planned at the time. I was a young kid having fun and but I just wanted to make money and, and, and do something bigger than normal. And so I'm working for this company. We're, we're doing a lot of work inside of the country clubs in Palm Springs area. And I would notice that they would leave the courtyards empty. We would landscape and put, you know, beautiful landscape inside the house, you know, all Uh around the house. But they would leave this little strip of dirt in the courtyard. And I would go back and just start bidding on those courtyards. And it turned out that as an 18-year-old kid, I'd I'd make four or $500 an hour just landscaping that little piece of dirt. And so I started a little company and... As you can imagine, being 18, I really didn't have a lot of business experience, so mm-hmm. uh, it really mm-hmm. was like going to it was going to school for me. I can imagine. What, were your parents in business? I mean, who taught you anything about business? Because, you know, there's a lot to learn about, you know, like establishing a business plan and then a strategy. I mean, how did you how did you work out all of that? <laughs> Well, in the beginning, it's interesting because back then, you know, uh, as you and I both know, so the Internet wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we learned from experience, from mentorship, from association, right? And, you know, I, I asked a lot of questions. And throughout high school, um, this is not necessarily a good or a bad thing. It served me. But throughout high school, I would carry two to three jobs at a time. And mm-hmm. I would build mm-hmm. relationships with people that were older than me. So, you know, oftentimes I was sitting and, and asking questions of people that were twice my senior and, and had been in business. And I, I really started getting a flavor for how they made decisions. And so I began mm-hmm. and, and failed. And then I would begin again and fail again. And I would begin again and fail again. And uh, lo and behold, I started learning how to learn. Well, and, and that's interesting, Drew, because I think a lot of people, you know, jump out in businesses and not realizing that failure, you know, sometimes is a part of the process. Uh, but you don't just stop. You continue to pick yourself up. So what do you think was just kept you going that you would fail? And yet, in spite of that, you would, you know, pick yourself up and keep on going again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to say that it was all positive, but that's not the real world for some of us. Maybe we're running towards something, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. maybe we're running away from something. And mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know, from a young age, I just didn't want to be insignificant. Um, I wanted okay. to be, in my mind, mm-hmm. what I felt significant was. Uh, mm-hmm. So early on, you know, I have to admit that my perspective of success was, was Richard Branson, Oprah Winfrey, you know, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. Right. It was right. popularity and profit. And, and I really, you know, that perspective uh, kept me going because I was so far removed from it and mm-hmm. just striving to find the answers. And I've got to be really honest, it wasn't until 40 years old or like you had mentioned, 2011, 2012, that I stopped chasing this perspective that really wasn't even mine. It mm-hmm. was a program perspective. 
and I realized that I needed to redefine success for myself. And, and that really began the exponential part of accelerated learning and transformation for me. And I think that's so important uh, to realize that you come to a place where you have to redefine. And, and lucky for you, uh, I don't like the word lucky, but I would say it's a positive thing for you that you were able to see this. Uh, and one of the things that I do know that I admired about you and thought this would be great to have on the show, because so many people don't realize that there are some steps that you have to take to accelerate your learning, and you did that. So tell us, what did you do uh, to accelerate that learning? <laughs> well, that's uh, maybe my favorite question, uh, because I, I really think that, you know, if people have got... Uh, they have something out there that doesn't seem quite reachable. They need to realize that they've got to go from arithmetic to multiplication in their learning. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you, the life, life is too short to just keep adding. You know, we, we have to get to a point where we get into exponential learning. And so I was very blessed to meet John King, the author of Tribal Leadership, not too long ago. And uh-huh. we got on a video conference and he asked me the same question. He said, young man... Uh, where did you learn and how did you learn what you know? Uh-huh. And I told him, I said, you know, I, I did the books, the tapes, the CDs, the seminars, the workshops, teachers, preachers, gurus. I've, I've been through all of it. I've done thousands of them. I, I learned a ton that way. But the accelerated learning came when I started observing in the present moment the law of cause and effect. That if I would lean in to give someone a hug, they would hug me back. If I would smile, they would smile back. Mm-hmm. If I would reach out my hand, someone would reach back. And this universal law or God's law, however you want to look at it based on your bias, this law was constant and immutable. And I started observing that when I did something that maybe wasn't completely accurate, I got mm-hmm. a less than desirable effect. And that really got me in this mode of observing down to the minute. I'm driving down the road, someone cuts me off, and inside I I have this negative feeling, Mm -hmm. and then I'm reminded of a trigger that says, is this the highest and best you can react in this moment? Mm -hmm. And I think that that helps people if they would get into that frame of mind to accelerate their learning. It's interesting, too, because you, you did all this accelerated learning, and then something happened, um that now did all of the accelerated learning happen before you found yourself in 2011 with the challenge? No, um, I'm glad you asked that. It was actually, I was in the rhythm of the world. I I was listening to input. I I would read a book and go, oh, this must be the truth, or that must be the truth, or (coughs) my parents said this, or my mentor said that. And uh-huh. um, quite frankly, and, uh, yeah, I was a top producing real estate agent on the crash, and, and all of a sudden I end up with, with nothing. I, I lost income, I lost investment, and I had almost lost my confidence in myself. Uh-huh. And I asked myself the question, if I'm so smart, how did I end up here? That's and, true. And it uh-huh. really took me about a year to go through some introspection and what I now call a formula for change to be very honest with myself and say, look, you have two choices. Either accept life the way it is and the the way it's being dealt, or you've got to make some internal changes to change the external. 
And that's when I really started diving into what that formula would look like. And I, I actually started developing some mathematical formulas for change and, and getting them and proving them and changing them. And that's how it began. Well, you know, I think that's wonderful. And, you know, the thing that I always uh, ask this question, and I, because it happened in my own life, I mean, because it's like out of things that happen that look like tragedies or they seem like tragedies, but they become, but why some people will give in to the tragedy and just stop and their life takes a downward spiral, or there are people who will take that and learn from it and grow from that. And I've always, you know, uh, had a had a question about that. Why some people? Because it things I think happen to us to help us to get on track to repurpose or redefine our lives and to find our purposes. So I I thank God for you because the things that you're doing today is that you're helping people because you were there. And I, you can't help somebody if you've not been there. So what advice do you have? Well, I'm going to step back and say, you found yourself on track. You accelerated your learning. So, Brett, what keeps you on track? I think that's more. That's an important question. What keeps you on track? You know, it's in, I, I just love, <laughs> you know, I really wish I could just stop talking and listen to you, honestly, because you ask such great questions that are so relevant to, to your listeners. And so, first of all, I'm blessed and thank you for that. So, Brett, one of my burning questions is, what keeps you on track? Oh, that's, that's a big one and an important one. You know, I, and I'm going to call out something bluntly that I think might be incomplete in some of the teaching we've experienced in the past, and, mm-hmm. and that's the huge dream. I, I have a huge dream. I have a massive aspirations. But I had to work that muscle to prove to myself the probability of achieving things that were way out of my reach. What really keeps me on track today is I have a sweet spot in my reality. So what I would consider my current reality, my current situation, and my projected situation, the one that I really want to achieve, there's a spot before that 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 I call highest and best. And Mm -hmm. it's a combination of probability and possibility based on my will, based on my resources, based on my experiences, my knowledge, the fuel in my tank. And if I look too far at times, I'm very disconnected from it, and Mm -hmm. I start to dwindle. But if I stay in that sweet spot and there's Mm -hmm. a, a reverse engineered plan to achieve it, Mm-hmm. Every day becomes I wake up, I know what I need to achieve, I go to work, I don't bite off too much in one time. That's the theory of change, because we talk about change, uh, and I used to teach this, that we take it in increments, because if people yep. jump into a large change so big uh, that it throws them into what we call the valley of despair. So by taking right. small increments is what you're doing, and that's exactly what it's talking. It's really a, it ties into change management, and you don't take people on a big leap. You take them 
on increments. So you know what? I'm going to stop right there. I don't want to be preaching. I think I think this is wonderful. You're so great. And these are good things for people to know. Um, so we're going to come back and I'm going to ask you, you know, listeners, stay tuned because I'm going to ask Brett, what is he, I, advice does he have for people that feel stuck? So hang on. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. <music> Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and did I mention dream connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the Voice America. TV Network. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hey there. Welcome back to my discussion today with my featured guest, Mr. Brett Labbitt, who is the Biz Dev Pro and Wevo Global Owner entrepreneur. He's a professional speaker, author, trainer, consultant, and strategist. I'm having a great time talking with him today, and I'm sure you are, listeners. So one of the things that I asked before we went on break, 
Brett, what advice do you have for people that feel stuck? Because I know there are so many of you out there, and you do feel stuck. So, Brett, what can you share with the listeners? Oh, thanks, Dr. Young. I, uh, I enjoyed the conversation during the break as well about this. But I think the first question that, that a person has to ask when they're stuck is, do you want to be unstuck? Okay. Um, oftentimes, consciously, people will say, mm-hmm. I want to be unstuck. But mm-hmm. subconsciously, they're still choosing to be mm-hmm. stuck. So, mm-hmm. you know, I heard the other day that yeah, maybe it was a quote I read. We've all seen them before that, you know, you've got to keep changing. It depends. It depends on what you desire. If, if you want change, then, yes, you might want to continue the process of change. Some people simply do not. And so the very first question someone stuck has to ask is, do I, want, do I really want to be unstuck? If the answer is yes, then you need to define what unstuck would look like and get a clear picture of it. I, I call it clarity of your highest and best. If I was to be living life in the moment and living life towards something I desire in my highest and best form, what, is, what would it look like? Because that's what unstuck would mean. So when we get clear on that, I think we can reverse engineer and build a plan to get unstuck. And, and like we talked about prior to the break, you don't need to bite off the whole thing at one time. You need to develop the next logical step and just begin there and start flexing the muscle of winning at your uh-huh. intentions, the things that uh-huh. you become intentional about. And so that's, that's where I would say that it starts. There's certainly more to it, and you're the expert of course. on that, so I, I know you could add a bunch to that. Well, one of the things that, as you say, this is what resonates with me and I always tell people, do you want to be unstuck? Because it's a matter of choice. Your choice is determined where you're going. Your choice is determined your past also. So it's a matter of choice. So I get people simple, simple, make a choice. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you're going to make a choice one way or the other. So I, I like that, that, you know. I don't know about you, but at one time, you know, you're talking about you felt stuck and you begin to look at things cause and effect. You know, what, what's happening that's causing this un- discomfort, unhappiness, un- and I'm feeling very unsuccessful in my life. So there has to be something. Right. But, but people sometimes, and for you listeners out there, and even when you're in businesses, you're at a point where you've been in that business for five, six, seven years and you're stuck. You have to get out of it, but it's a choice. So, Brett, I got another question. When when you talk <laughs> about <laughs> when you talk about some of the interviewing and the examining what other people were doing and going through, you identified some simple objectives. Share what those were or are. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I think that. Um, <clears throat> When you sit down and ask somebody, what, what do you desire? So they, they come to the decision that they want to get unstuck, and, and now you're having mm-hmm. conversation. And I like to, I, I don't know about you, Dr. Young, but I like to have mm-hmm. real conversations. So I, I might challenge in my conversations a little bit. And in the beginning, I, I started interviewing people, and, and people would respond to me with, well, I, I, I like to help people. And I would mm-hmm. say, I would sure hope so. I mean, it's part of being, <laughs> you know, it's part of good humanity. Right. But is that really what you desire? And I, Dr. Young, you know, between you and I and the listeners, I tested a lot of people on this. And what I mm-hmm. found is it really wasn't a big motivator for people. They enjoyed helping people during their process when it was convenient. And a handful of people really were driven by helping people. 
Uh-huh. What I did find, however, though, is that there were four major areas of life that people were really striving for, and they're very simple and they're very general, but, but from there you can kind of boil it down into your specific desires, but it really boils down to belonging, attainments, happiness, and inner peace. People are looking for some sense of healthy belonging, not necessarily to a like-minded group, but to a growth-minded uh, group of peers. Uh-huh. They want to be in their tribe. And then the attainments, unless you're going to live a life without, most people had certain things that they wanted to achieve and accomplish. And and unfortunately, the world doesn't give us permission oftentimes to want things. And and we have to, I think, shed some of that programming and allow ourselves to, to desire and then judge whether that desire is healthy for us or not. Um, but it's got to be ours, our own. It can't be someone else's program of what they think we should desire. Right. And then right. the, the, so you have the belonging, the attainments, and then some form of happiness. People like to experience more of it than less. And then finally, they're looking for some sense of inner peace, the freedom from stress, worry, anxiety, insecurity, you know, doubt, fear. Mm-hmm as uh-huh. much as we can experience. And so when you're creating a plan for transformation, why not incorporate what we already know um, we want the outcome to be, which is some version of those four things. That's absolutely right. Well, you know, uh, it's interesting. Um, a part of it is the sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, uh, particularly absolutely. the balloon. Yeah. And so, and I, and I began to think too, as you were saying that, did you find something that, uh, I've discovered that most people, Brett, just don't have joy. They don't have right. joy. And I am, I am beginning to see this more and more. Uh, even the French talk about the joy of life. Well, I'm biblical and I'm going to go spiritual here a minute. But Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so, <laughs> I hate to start on this, but it's just that when you start talking about major areas that people need, how do they, you know, bring joy? Because they ask me all the time, what is the secret of your success? What's the secret of your, you're looking at your age and you don't look your age? And I says, because I simply come with joy, living from the inside out. It. So anyway, I let's love point. It. <laughs> so there, there are questions that I know we're in sync here that you're passionate about helping. And you identified three simple objectives, um, enrich my life, enrich others, and enrich the planet. So how did you come to identify those among all the things you've done, Brett? Well, again, I'm really excited about the questions you bring up. I I was really pondering, you know, I I created in this idea of thriving tribes uh, what I call eight DNA, the makeup of a thriving tribe. There are eight different points. Uh And I wanted to generalize the outcome that a person should really look at as an objective if they wanted to build a thriving tribe. And there's a distinct difference between thriving tribe and network or community. It's what we, what we experience when we see a very successful church or a very successful family or mm-hmm. company. They have a phenomenal culture. Every, every successful and significant um, achievement inside of a group of people is, is joined by a successful culture. 
Okay. And so when I started looking at the cultural uh, components of success and significance, I realized it needed to be a win-win-win or don't do it. Mm-hmm. If it detracts from any one of those three, just don't do it. If, okay. If I win and you win and the tribe wins, then let's do it. And if not, that's a, it's an easy filter for me to say, if someone has to lose in order for me to win, I'm just not going to play that game. I think that I think that's really interesting. Now, how did you come up with this whole discovery of uh, building the thriving tribes, which is, yeah, you're right. It's a phenomenal culture because you're looking at the norms and values of that culture that have to be in sync. Right. Well, here's where it gets really exciting. Uh, as you know, we're, we're, we're doing business at the speed of thought. We have communication and connectivity at our hands that uh-huh. we can communicate to billions of people on the planet with no filter and, and, you know, no structure. We can do it immediately. And as I started looking at that, I thought, well, wait a minute. All, uh-huh. of, success, all of history will show that wherever there was success and significance, there was a solid culture. Yes. But the Internet doesn't have one. No. And so I started diving into what would a successful culture look like online. If you take um, Facebook, for example, or LinkedIn, these are amazing companies that have built phenomenal technology. But, but no culture. Asked, and I've asked hundreds of people now, what is Facebook's culture for us? There isn't one. There, no. There isn't one for Google. Okay, Mm -mm. And so Mm -mm. what I realized is it became very important for me to identify what DNA, what ingredients would exist to transmute contacts that are just an amassing of digital contacts or a bunch of cards in a Rolodex or a bunch of people in a CRM and turn them into something more meaningful as a collective. And as I was digging into that, I really identified eight points of thriving tribe um, to help people convert their network and their connections and their relationships into an ecosystem that's productive, positive, and empowering. So can you share those eight points? Yeah, I would love to. Um, They're they're simple. There are four interactions, so inside Uh internal actions, and four interactions, uh, interaction with people. So there are four internal and four interactions, okay, that are outside, yeah, with other people. Yes, correct, correct. So the first one is just awareness, like we had talked about. You you have to be aware of self, aware of others, aware of the planet. And for you and I, we can agree that, uh, for me personally, the aware of of divinity and everything. Uh, Right. There's a responsibility to that for me. And so I became aware of those four things. Uh And started really diving into what that meant to me. Um, And then aware of uh, situations, aware of my proposed limitations and what I might need to do to overcome them. It's really just the blanket statement of awareness. Just become aware of cause and effect. And when you're not getting the effect you desire, you you don't want to keep repeating the program. You want to look and adjust and begin the formula for change. And yeah. So the first one is awareness. The second one is clarity of your highest and best. It's kind of some of the old teaching of, of really visualizing and dreaming. Mm-hmm. I brought it down into more of a probability and possibility, uh, your sweet spot. The third mm-hmm. thing is, um, so as you're creating that clarity, 
you funnel that into definiteness of purpose. And for me, it's simply where I invest my time, money, and energy the most. And, and then the fourth thing is congruence. I believe congruence is power. Absolutely. And if you want to move anything in life, it requires power. So you've got to become congruent with mm-hmm. who you say you are and who you mm-hmm. really are. Mm-hmm. Um, get those two to match. The thoughts, feelings, emotions, words, actions. And that, those are the four interactions. The four so got, interactions uh-huh. begin with authentic leadership. And to me, it's humility, accountability, and responsibility to lead myself well. I'm not worried about leading anyone else. I, okay. I mm-hmm. concern myself and dedicate myself to lead myself well. Okay. Because you're the president CEO of your own corporation. Yeah. Me, Inc. <laughs> right? Uh, and, right. And if... If other people are, are around me and inspired, then I'm inspiring them not to follow me. I'm inspiring them to lead themselves well. Absolutely. And if they're doing that, they either resonate with my company and my projects or they don't, but it's in their highest and best interest to lead themselves well. So it's I a think- little different perspective on, on leadership and, and uh, a whole other discussion, <laughs> but... Uh, um, from authentic leadership, you start to attract people. People mm-hmm. are attracted to who we are and, and the energy about us, the things that we're working on, the things we're passionate about. And if you've done the first five, you know, accurately, you're going to start attracting people. And every time you attract people, you have a chance for division. So yeah. the, mm-hmm. the seventh DNA is to create harmonic culture inside of your network. The mm-hmm. best way I've found to do that is to allow people the freedom to be who they are and reduce my emotional attachment to expectation, judgment, manipulation, and control of them. And some people so, resonate and they come closer and some people move further apart. It's just a natural order of things. Okay. And then the final one, um, in, which overarches everything, is really the mental and physical mastermind and collaboration, which is called aligned effort and energy. When you take your contacts and your relationships and you start aligning effort and energy for something bigger than what you could do on your own, um, you're really moving in the right direction for Thriving Tribe. I think that's great. So um, what are your thoughts as all of this, this aligning uh, and this tribe, you, you've actually you've been successful in creating this subsiding, the Thriving Tribe. So... You've told me uh, all of the eight categories or eight characteristics of the thriving tribe. What do people benefit when they create one? What do you think are the benefits or the one great benefit? Is that they're moving in a direction where they're going to accomplish uh, something yeah. phenomenal? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I think, I think what the, the simple answer is they're going to do more with less and do it faster. Okay, let um, me just take a quick when break. When you have a thriving tribe versus just an amassing of digital contacts, you're just simply going to achieve more with less time, effort, and energy, and you're going to do it faster. And in my opinion, it's going to sustain longer and hopefully through, throughout legacy, you know, generations to come. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, Brett, and we're going to be right back, and we're going to talk more about your thoughts on technology and the future. So stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red Says, Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health, and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and did I mention dream connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the Voice America. TV Network. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 888 346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to my show today with Mr. Brett Lavitt. I am so excited to have him on the show. We're so in sync. I, I'm trying to restrain myself from talking too much. <laughs> but he is, we're just so excited. Uh, and really, I'm just always enthused to have someone who is looking forward 
forward thinking and is doing something that has been wildly successful in transforming his life. So I'm really happy to talk to Brett today. You know, he is very effective as a strategic consultant, marketing strategist, and business development expert. So we're actually benefiting from uh, some of his experiences he's had in the past. I want to also mention that if I didn't, that he is founder of WeaveVo. It's W-E-V-O, uh, which is a global A collaborative, conscious and responsible social marketplace. And he's co-founder, and I think I mentioned this earlier, of the bizdevpro.com. So if you guys want to check him out, you can go to his website to check this gentleman out. <laughs> the biz, B-I-C-D-E-V-P-R-O.com. And that is his company website. Now, I hope I gave it right, uh, Brett. Did I not? You did. Yeah, that was perfect. Okay. And this is his email address is Brett, B-R-E-T-T, at Brett Labbitt. That's B-R-E-T-T-L-A-B-I-T dot com. So I'm putting that on purpose because there may be people out there that want to hear more about the Thriving Tribe concept. I, I wanted to know, too, and that was so good to know about that and how it is different. Well, let me just make go back just a minute because you talked about the difference between uh, the thriving tribe, but how is it different from just a network of people? Because, you know, you got all these networks coming up, masterminds. Is it, how is this different? In one yeah, part it anchors back. I, I did some studying, Dr. Young, of Napoleon mm-hmm. Hill like a lot of people did. And so rich. as we yep. all know, that... His, his study on personal success was one of the most extensive in history. And uh, what a lot of people might have missed in those studies, they caught a lot of the principles. They caught the mastermind, but they might not have dug deep enough into all of, all of his discovery to understand that really it was all about aligned effort and energy. And mm-hmm. what, what these extremely successful companies and individuals did is they align the effort and energy of large amounts of people. When we look as individuals or small businesses or professionals at our network, what we're often doing is we're chasing an ideal client, we're looking for that next opportunity to earn that commission, and we're looking, it's almost like a cookie. You bake the cookie, you eat it, and then it's gone. Uh That's what network is like. It's an amassing, you're collecting database, you're collecting business cards, you're collecting, you know, individuals in your, your um, network, uh-huh. but are you really creating a, a culture to keep them together? Uh-huh. First of all, if I wanted to support them, could I find them all in one place? Uh-huh. Is anyone uh-huh. really ma- in a collective mastermind where we're all improving mentally and intellectually? Collaboration has to be present. There's got to be a sense of belonging and harmonic culture inside of the network and then aligning the effort and energy. In a network, that's not happening. Everyone's doing their own thing. That's right. Driving tribe, even though we have different pursuits, we have certain values and agreements that we hold ourselves to to benefit like like the one we talked about earlier. I win, you win, and the tribe win. Mm -hmm. That right there alone and transmute a network into a thriving tribe. Well, that, I mean, because I know I've been a part, and so have you, in the past, of these networks, and they do not network of people, and it does not have this kind of culture. 
And so right. you're right. There has to you have to be creating a culture to keep them together, and it has to be rallied around their norms, the feeling. And you just said it. What people really need they need a sense of belonging. They need to be in aligned with other individuals, and they need to feel that there's something that is a greater good. I, I feel that they're all working towards that they're in sync yeah. with the norms and the values and the cultures and their belief systems. That's what you just said. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And and the opposite, Dr. Young, of that, as you know, is the old sales paradigm, which is if you're not a prospect, I really don't need you. But But life is an ecosystem. Everything good in our life comes from a natural balance or an order of things, an ecosystem, if you will. To not treat our contacts and our connections as if they are part of an, uh, you know, an important part of a total ecosystem is a grave misuse of the resources that we have. And that's really the big difference between network and thriving tribes. Each individual plays an important part. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what their monetary mm-hmm. value is to you directly right now. Mm-hmm. What matters is they're part of a greater ecosystem that when someone takes the responsibility to nurture that ecosystem, they're going to create 10x growth over someone that doesn't. And that's where it comes into, I think, back into family and family values and establishing uh, families around these major areas that you outline and to have thriving families. Boy, you got a, you got a job to do because maybe we should be talking about thriving tribe families, okay? <laughs> well, it's interesting. Someone called me the other day that I'm mentoring and she said, I have a personal question. But I just have a sense that everything we're talking about in business applies exactly the same way in my personal life. And I said, dear, whoever created the saying, it's just business, it's not personal, was very inaccurate. The fact is, all of business is very personal, and all of personal is very business. They're interconnected, and they don't separate, because at the end of every exchange is another human. And so the same principles that give us success in business give us success in our house, Absolutely. in our friendships, with our kids. <laughs> uh, I'll, have a, I'll have an offline conversation, Brad, with you later, and I'll sh- share it with you how I used uh, corporate ideas and infused into my family and the rearing of my children. And it was simply oh, input, input and output. Um, with businesses, we talk about output, but you won't have an output unless there's an input. Well, the same thing with children. So we'll talk about that offline later. But oh, I, wanna, I look forward to it. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, that. This is just bur- has been burning in me for some time, and that is we have a growing number of Gen Zers and Millennials. And what are your thoughts on Millennials? technology, and the future? I know that's probably a big question, but I think you can handle it because I I know right now I have a lot of millennials. In fact, I started a millennial mastermind, and I am so absolutely, I have a heart for them. They need a lot of help, and they need our help. Uh, And if they will reach out to someone who has that authentic leadership, (laughs) uh, which they do, uh, they need help. So what are your thoughts uh, about millennials well, as a surviving, as a thriving tribe, and how do we help them? Businesses. Uh, well, I, I th- you know, that's a brilliant question, and I think of um, a young uh, gentleman that's in my mastery program. Uh, his name is Andrew, and 
Andrew's 25 years old. We met on Shaper. Shaper's a, a digital app for business, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a, mm-hmm. a matching app where you link business interests. And Andrew ended up in my program, and I just love this this young man. He and 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 the answer in my perspective to your question, I can sum it up really quickly, is we have a symbiotic relationship in the fact that I learned so much from this young man mm-hmm. because of his perspective and his lack of programming that I went through for the last 48 years. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. so open and so adaptive to what's new in the world. Mm-hmm. And he receives mentorship from me that anchors him into timeless principles and values that help him harness and converge technology and good humanity. He's a great human being already. Mm-hmm. But being able to mentor him and work with him and to also be open and flexible to learn what he knows That's to right. enter into the future bigger, mm-hmm. brighter, and better... Mm-hmm. I think is the key to, to a successful planet over the next 10, 20, 30 years. I really do. I believe we don't embrace them and learn from them because I think it's two-way. Uh, learning from them, as you've said, and then allowing ourselves, the baby boomers and others, to be open and receptive to new ideas. I, I, I have to tell you, you know, Brett, that it, it concerns me with my generation that refuse to even go into the social media world. They don't know how to operate these phones. They don't know how to do social media. I mean, there's just, I mean, I keep telling ladies and some gentlemen, you're just going to be left behind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm kind of a little, you know, I have some trepidations about that. Uh, but this thriving tribe uh, and being different from a network of people, because I think what you're talking about is what millennials are seeking is a thriving tribe. They are. That's, that, they are that's, in a big way. And Dr. Young, another thing, too, what a lot of people don't realize about technology, in all of history, it's never slowed down. It advances quicker and quicker and quicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what we've created to date will be dwarfed by what is created in the next 5, 10, 15 years. And the danger in it, the, the downside of it, is that people are, like you said, they're not even adopting what we currently have technologically, <laughs> let alone holograms, VR, AI, everything that's coming. So one of the key arguments for, maybe argument isn't a, the accurate word, but one of the key supporting uh, conversations about Thriving Tribe is how do we enter into the new, new you know, advancements in technology and maintain the footing to harness them for our use, not to be harnessed into them for the use of the creators. When, when we get on a big platform, and I won't say the name right now in this comment, we're, we're abiding by the activities that they have set for us to abide by. And very few people are stopping to think, how do I harness this to better mm-hmm. my life, to better other people, and to better the planet? They're just no. in the rhythm of what the program has projected that we should follow. What we have to do is get out of the digital slumber. And the millennials want this, and I agree with you. Get out of the digital slumber mm-hmm. of, of where technology is headed and combine it with good humanity and thriving tribe 
to enter into the new age uh, and the new era successfully um, so that we don't really disconnect completely. And we've got the Gen Zers who are coming up who are much more, I'm going to think, they're going to be much more proactive than the millennials um, because sure. they're asking, they're firing a lot of questions and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in the next few years. And I want to be around. I am going to be around. <laughs> and, so I admire you so much. I, I'm just very inspired. <laughs> well, I want to be around because there's still stuff I have to do. There's still work I have to do. So I'm just, you know, happy that you are providing some thinking, which I think resonates with me and my values of it behooves us to be looking forward to the future and bringing more thriving tribes together, be it business or be it families, because I really believe that's what this country needs. Um, And so anyway, we've got to create a culture that that's keeping people together and giving them that sense of belonging. I, this country is so divided, Brett, that, you know, I, but I'm hopeful. I always have hope. Uh, I remember Jesse Jackson one time, I think his saying was, keep hope alive. If I'm misquoting him, right. I'm so, sorry, but we're keeping hope alive. So one of the things that I wanted to just say, um, and the last thing, you made everything so wonderful today with this discussion. Is there anything that, I miss that you'd like to just share. I'm so flexible in terms of in our last few minutes. We have two minutes. Sure. Well, you're very kind to ask, and thank you for that. Uh, I would just like people to really recognize that we're living in an exciting time. There are some inherent challenges in the trajectory. Um, We can't just, you know, be positive for the sake of being positive. We can be optimistic, but there's also a responsibility to moving forward in a, in a way that's going to sustain us all long-term. And, and whether mm-hmm. that's growing your business, keeping your family together, building a great life, or contributing to the planet in a positive way, it just requires a little more awareness of the win-win-win. You, you've got to win for yourself. Help the other person win. And make sure it's an overall win for the community, the family, the church, the tribe, the company the planet, and I think that's a great formula for success uh, as we move into this next period of time. I think you're absolutely right, and I thank you for those those kind, kind words, Brett. You have been a refreshing joy today <laughs> to have on the show, truly. Um, you have thank been you. so... I wanted to share uh, just a little bit before we went off about your company that you have, and share a little bit about Weaveco, our biz uh, development company. Just quickly. Sure, sure. Yeah, if a person Uh-oh, you know what? To, I am, I'm oh, sorry, ahead. Brett. I'm out of time. Oh, my goodness. I could not oh. believe we've been having such a great time. Listeners, I want to thank you <laughs> for listening to today's thank show you. with my guest, Mr. Brett Labbitt. And, you know, many of you know, attending a workshop or is not enough. Neither is reading a book or watching a training video. But what truly successful people do, as Brett Labatt did, is you do it all. So each Tuesday, I ask you to listen to this program as we have some wildly successful individuals from all walks of businesses and life who will share their success strategies with you. So keep tuned to Transformation for Success. And this is Dr. Barbara Young signing off. Have a blessed week. We 
appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an outstanding week. Oh,